You're listening to Simply the Best Sports Take, the best podcast breaking down the best stuff in sports with host Sean Bingham. His takes are so good, he dropped the mic, but then you wouldn't be able to hear him, and that would suck. Welcome into Simply the Best Sports Podcast. I am your host, Sean Bingham, and it is Friday, December 29th, and you know what today is? Today is the anniversary, the what, the 16-year anniversary of Michael Jordan dropping 51 points against the Charlotte Hornets at age 38, almost 39, two months shy of his 39th birthday, less than two months shy of his 39th birthday, Michael Jordan scored 51 points in an NBA game. As a member of the Washington Wizards, 24 of those points came in the first quarter, and what's interesting about that game, because you know, yesterday we talked all about the goat and having the goat conversation and what makes you the goat, and and obviously, I'm a big proponent of Michael Jordan being the goat, uh, undisputedly the goat. And I've done a podcast earlier this year about the truth about LeBron James in his 15th season, and you really need to go listen to that podcast if you haven't already. It's uh, it's from like. I don't remember exactly, but sometime in November, and it's called The Truth About LeBron in His 15th Season. And I compare LeBron uh, at, at his current age, 32, to Michael Jordan at age 32, and you can see that Jordan was actually superior to LeBron. Not by a long shot, because LeBron's a great player, but Jordan was clearly superior at that same age. Now, when you take it in to the, his 15th season, that's where people try to muddy the waters and say, oh, you know, Jordan was only doing this in his 15th season. Well, that's because he was retired for three years before he came back to the Wizards, and then there was two more years where he was playing baseball. And so you just can't, you can't compare apples to oranges like that. you got to compare apples to apples. So at their same actual age, Jordan was superior to LeBron at age 32. And beyond that, I look at what Kobe Bryant, Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan, Dirk Nowitzki... Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, a handful of other greats did in their 15th seasons, guys who came out uh, early from college, like obviously uh, LeBron did, not even going to college. So anyway, go listen to it. It's a great podcast. And I woke up this morning and realized it was the anniversary of Jordan doing that, saw it on Instagram and stuff. Um, He shot over 50% from the field that night, folks. They won by 17 he had seven rebounds and four assists to go with it. It was not an overtime game. It was 38 minutes of play, 51 points, and he was almost 39. Almost 39. I mean, think about that. If that, I mean, if that isn't just further proof, again, here's here's the thing. When I talked yesterday about when you determine the goat, you have to take into account all things, right? You need to know the situation. You need to know the circumstances. And I've always said, yes, while Jordan's years with the Wizards, it was like a year and three quarters, while those two seasons with the Wizards were detrimental to his overall career averages, you you take into account the fact that he was, had been retired for three years and that he actually turned 40 before the end of that those two seasons. As a 40-year-old, 
he was still averaging 20 points a game. And as almost a 39-year-old, he scored 51 points, which is still to this day a record, an NBA record for the oldest person to ever score 50-plus points in an NBA game. Michael Jordan holds that record. Carl Malone behind him. Uh, Jordan's actually uh, number five on the list as well. So he was the oldest and the fifth oldest to score over 50 points. So he is the GOAT. He is undisputedly the GOAT. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to talk briefly about that because it is kind of a fun fun little anniversary. Big night last night in the NBA, sticking with that theme. Um, the, the Rockets had a 26-point lead over the Boston Celtics. 26, okay? The Celtics were like, I saw this earlier today, I forget the exact number now, but they were like 159-0 and or something like that when leading by 25 points in the last 20 years. Well, now they've got one loss to go with that, with those 100-plus victories because the Celtics came back from down 26 to beat the Rockets last night, and what was really interesting was the ending. Uh, if you If you didn't watch it live, I'm sure you saw the highlights, but James Harden, who typically gets every call in the book and lives at the foul line, and I, I hate his game, as I've already mentioned before, he got called for not one, but two offensive fouls in the last, like, seven and a half seconds. In seven and a half seconds, they couldn't even inbound the ball because James Harden just kept running people over. Now, it was Marcus Smart doing his thing. Um, Might have been, you know, he was selling it. I don't. I wouldn't say he was flopping, but he was selling it. But it was the correct call, in my honest opinion. I'll be interested to see what the two-minute report says. But in my opinion, it was the right call. But uh, in the end, Al Al Horford hits the the go-ahead game winner. And then James Harden's called for, like I just mentioned, his second offensive foul. And the Celtics get the win. So now the Celtics have come back from behind from double-digit deficits against both the Warriors and the Rockets. And they're doing this without Gordon Hayward. This is going to be a very, very scary team in the East for several years to come because they're very young. So if they can stick together and if they can have a healthy Gordon Hayward next year, and I've mentioned before, maybe they get him back this season, there is that chance. I mean, we see him walking around now. It's still December. Playoffs aren't until like late March. So early April even. Um... And so if if we can if we can see Gordon Hayward come back for a playoff run, my goodness. I mean this team could be really really scary. Now we still haven't seen Isaiah Thomas play with the Cavs yet. That's coming soon and I think he's going to improve them. It'll probably take a good I'd say once IT comes back, you can't put a grade on him or on the Cavs until he's had at least 10 10 to 15 games back on the court because he's been out of it for a while it's he's new to the team he it's it's all new teammates for him for the most part and so you know with the exception of Jay Crowder really and so you can't you, you, you know, I, I want to say now we can't jump to conclusions on what the Cavs are going to be with Isaiah Thomas until we've seen him play at least 10, 15, I'd say probably closer to the 15-game range with them because you see what's happening in OKC. Here we are 30-plus games into the season, and OKC went from struggling, struggling, struggling to winners of 6-7 in a row now. And so to me, the Celtics could be really, really good. 
uh, and, and dangerous even in the playoffs, I still am going to say the Cavs get that victory but in, in a seven-game series. But the Celtics are for real, and if they get a healthy Gordon Hayward, it might be a different story. I don't think they're going to get him this season, but next season I see no reason why the Celtics shouldn't be the favorites in the East, even if LeBron and the entire Cavs t- team sticks together. To me, the Cavs are like that team that's clearly getting older and on their way out, LeBron being the one main exception, but even he is 33, and so, well, at least he is tomorrow, right? Tomorrow's his birthday, so um, happy birthday, LeBron, by the way. Glad that Michael Jordan could have his 16-year anniversary uh, of dropping 51 points as a 38, almost 39-year-old, right before you turned 33. But anyway, (laughs) I love LeBron, don't get me wrong, but... Even if LeBron sticks with the Cavs, I'm going to give the nod to the Celtics next year unless the Cavs make some sort of big move to get a younger talent to go with LeBron. Maybe it's Isaiah, you know, maybe maybe Isaiah Thomas turns into um, you know, the Isaiah Thomas of old and he meshes well with LeBron and they end up being a dynamic duo. But when you got like guys like Kyle Korver, Dwayne Wade as really key players, Those guys are just getting older and less talented with every passing week and month. And so, to me, the Cavs are on their way out, which could very likely mean that LeBron is on his way out. And the Celtics, they're the favorites. They're the favorites, unless LeBron goes to the Sixers. And if LeBron goes to the Sixers, then I'm saying the Sixers are the favorites because they're an up-and-coming young team. And if you add LeBron to that and they all stay healthy, to me, they'd be the favorites for sure. But the Celtics are good. That's the point. The point here is that the Celtics are a team to be reckoned with, even without Gordon Hayward. How much scarier could they be with Gordon Hayward? And further proving my point that the Rockets are pretenders. The Rockets are not going to win an NBA title. James Harden will never win an NBA title as the main number one guy on his team. I do not see it happening. He's got early stage Carmelo Anthony written all over him. Give me the ball. Give me my numbers. And he just, he's kind of, I just don't like his game. I just don't, I don't want to say he's a loser because he's not. They're actually winning a lot of games. I just don't see him as that champion caliber alpha player. I just don't. Um, without Chris Paul, they can't seem to win a game. So what does that say about them? With Chris Paul, they're, what, 14-1 and one or something like that. And without him, I think they're, in these last four games now, they've, they've gone 0-4 without him. So, yes, the Rockets are a, a great regular season team, but I think that's as far as it's going to go for them. Um, last night, just looking at the, the stat line, James Harden, he had 34 points. That's a good deal. That's, that's really good, right? It's a big deal. Uh, yeah, until you look and see that he shot 7 of 27. That's about 26% from the field. 7 of 27, 15 for 15 from the foul line. This is a guy complaining about calls. He was 15 for 15 from the foul line, 7 of 27 from the field. I'm sorry, I'm not buying James Harden. I'm selling him all day long. Kyrie Irving had 26 on 9 of 18 shooting, that's 50%. 7 of 8 from the foul line. And again, it was Al Horford with the game winner. Um, Looking at the full box score here, I just want to see who else did well. Yeah, Tatum had 19, Marcus Smart had 13, Al Horford had 9. Morris, 10. Rozier, 13. It was a good game. Um, 
anyway, moving on from that. So we've got a big game tonight. We've got USC Ohio State and another anniversary of today. <laughs> I saw this on Instagram. It was in 1978, uh, Ohio State head coach in a bowl game against Clemson. Clemson guy intercepts a pass and comes over and basically gets tackled out of bounds on the Ohio State sideline. And the Ohio State coach literally punches him in the neck. He punched an opposing player in the neck. I'd never seen this highlight before until this morning. That also happened today, speaking of anniversaries. And Ohio State plays tonight in a bowl game, not against Clemson, but against USC. I think that the Buckeyes go out and get the victory, though. I do. I think Ohio State wins this game. I think they feel snubbed from not making the playoffs, and I think they're going to want to prove a point. And I've been one saying they did get snubbed in not making the playoffs, and I'm not going to base whether I was right or wrong on this game because outside of the college football playoffs, the bowl games are meaningless. Let's just be real. Bowl games are absolutely meaningless outside of the college football playoffs because you play to win. You play for championships. And especially if you're at an Ohio State level, especially if you're even at a USC level, you know these upper echelon teams, these programs that are very proud and storied, they're not stoked fighting for a game six weeks after the end of the season that is meaningless. They couldn't care less. In fact, they're probably annoyed that they have to even like break up their their Christmas break. You know, and the seniors and stuff. I'm sure they love to play another game, but there's no way the mental preparation is the same, and so you can't base a whole lot off of these games. Now, this one is a little bit of an exception because it's two very storied fran- uh, not franchises, but schools. But I still, you just can't put too much stock into this game. Now, with the college football playoffs, you absolutely can. Can't wait for those games. Those start on Sunday. Um, but for tonight, I'm going to take Ohio State. At me on Twitter, at Sean Bingham. Uh, that's really all I've got for today. Anniversary of uh, Ohio State coach punching a guy in the neck. Ohio, uh, anniversary of Jordan dropping 51 as an almost 39-year-old. That's all I've got for today, though. I am out. Peace. We got the same. Thanks for hanging with Simply the Best Sports Take. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and check out STB Sports Take. Dot com. Simply the best in sports.